Ooh, just gotta gotta ex- exhale a little bit after that. That was a uh, an instant classic, unbelievable game between the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers in Game Two of the Western Conference Finals. Suns win by a score of one hundred four to one hundred three. I think the last minute was a half hour. Uh, it was just you know. <laughs> It's playoff basketball, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, the, the first thing that crosses my mind when I see a game like that and it went in the Suns' favor, favor is, you know, this might be our year, ladies and gentlemen, because these games never go our way. Where it seemed like everything was working against us. Scott Foster, which I know we'll talk about on this podcast, the refereeing, uh, some of the possessions, some of the, you know, Booker having the ball go out of bounds when. Pat Bev knocked it out of bounds where it's always off out of bounds off of the defender, but some way, some, you know, somehow it's, it's, <laughs> we persevered. We persevered. So I welcome everybody to not only the sun's jam session podcast, but the solar panel podcast as well. My name is John Voida and I'm joined as per usual by my podcasting partner, Matthew, Matthew, how you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Really quick. Daddy, Press the mute button because fuck Pat Beverly, fuck the Clippers. What a great win. I'm feeling fantastic right now. All right. Matthew getting frustrated there. All right. Well, a little bit. Well, now we're going to welcome in Espo. Breathe in, breathe out. It's like a, a Bush song circa 1995. Machine we Head, right? Exercise the demons. This house is clear. <laughs> Saul Bookman, how you doing? What up, guys? How we doing? Oh my gosh! You know, I, like I said, man. You know, we used to say it down at the U of A. Like, you you want to know what it feels like to be a Suns fan? Just clench your butt cheeks every March, or a Wildcats fan at the time. Now it's like, oh man, oh I remember these days, and I'm sweating. I've been sweating for like an hour, guys. Holy crap! What is? What unbelievable game? I mean. Regardless of the outcome, had we lost, yes, we'd be complaining. We probably will still continue to complain uh, about this performance by the refereeing. Uh, you know, but this is the first time that we were kind of on the other side of it, I guess, in the playoffs. We really haven't talked about the refereeing a bunch. But I will say, for everybody who's watching out there, nine in a row. Nine in a row for the Phoenix Suns. So on that note, I'm going to remind everybody, if you are watching along live, please hit that subscribe button. Please hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate it. You can follow our show at Suns Jam on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow the Sun Solar Panel at Sun Solar Panel. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. You can follow Saul. At Saul underscore Bookman. And you can follow Espo. At Screw Scott Foster. all right man i'm chugging with the fellas tonight ladies and gentlemen chugging with the fellas look ready cheers down them if you got them i needed that oh i needed that let's 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 get to this podcast ladies and gentlemen let's get to this podcast sons beat the clippers 104 103 Let's drop the music. If the Los Angeles Clippers want to win the Western Conference Finals, they're going to have to do something that they've done already twice in this postseason. That is come back from down 0-2. No CP3, no problem. Your Phoenix Suns win by score of 104 to 103. How, how are we feeling, gents? Whew. I'm not quite sure. It's a, it's a weird combination of things right now. I'm, I'm relieved. I'm relieved. <laughs> And you know, and and I will say this from the very beginning of this game, I was like, I just hope we win. I don't care how we win. I just hope we win uh, because uh, from what the reports are out there, you know, who might be coming back for game three. And so winning this game was huge because you could really take the Clippers heart in game three and uh, put them away. So yeah, I I agree with you too. And honestly, you can say screw the ref, screw Pat Beverly, but honestly, it's, not to be too negative and stuff, but we just wanted to get this win. You had to get it any way you could. And you never seen a Suns team win a game really like this that meant this much ever. It never really happens. I know this whole ride right now, 
it's just like, what else can the Suns team do to surprise me and just throw me on my butt and just, you know, just make me absolutely happy. They do it every time, man. They, they do every game, whatever that meant. But I just, <laughs> I'm super excited right now, man. I'm right across it, from John. Hey, John. It, it, it feels like after, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a car wreck, but right after that, where the yeah. adrenaline of it all wears off and you're like, okay, what just happened? But in this case, it's something positive. So that's good, at least. <laughs> that that dunk, and this is recency bias, but that dunk to end the game by Aiton uh, or, or to close out the game for the Suns, I think surpasses KJ's dunk over Hakeem. Ooh. As the best playoff dunk in Suns history. Ooh. Well, it's interesting because it is essentially the Tyson Chandler play, right, from a few years ago. Where the I don't Suns know in- who you speak of. I've forgotten of that entire iteration. What that play is, and if and, and, God, I hate to say this, guys. I know we this is a Suns podcast, but Sean Miller literally ran that play for DA like a hundred times. And it's just really? like kind of, a, kind of a circle loop uh, uh, with the shooting guard setting the pick, which Devin Booker did a phenomenal job of setting that screen and freeing up Aiden to go up high against Zubach, which athletically he's a mismatch. And oh my gosh, and that pass from Crowder. Holy crap. Just uh, barely getting it by the backboard at that angle in perfect position. Just unbelievable with, execution. With the Marcus Cousins in front of him. Yeah. It, I mean, huge dude in front of him. And then I love the Clippers not knowing the rules, right? Trying to call that goaltending. It's not a shot. So how is it goaltending? Exactly. It's an out of bounds play. <laughs> And how comfortable were you too before that play that Monty would draw up something nice for the Suns to run? I was just very confident in that. Of course, like my my butt cheeks were clenched, like we mentioned earlier, but I just knew for sure that Monty would have a good play, and that is the best play you can pull in that situation. I wasn't as confident just because of what had transpired before that. You knew Devin Booker was going to get Mikhail. double teamed, um, and they settled for a corner three. Uh, I mean, I know Mikel Bridges hit a three a, a minute or two before that, but I would have liked to see them attack the rim in some way, shape, or form and try to draw a foul or something like that. But Agreed. hey, who cares? They got well, the dub. And that's all that matters. What's interesting on that play, though, because we got to see it like 40 times, and every time it was like, it's in, it's in, it's in. But if you watch that play again, if you didn't see it, Kudos to DA because he actually took uh, Zubak and pushed him into the screen. If you watch him, he actually grabs him and he just he guides him into Devin Booker's screen, which freed him op- uh, up. And it's good to know that, Saul, that that Sean Miller was running that play at U of A because he knows the little intricacies of how to execute that play due to repetition. And what a great way to reward DeAndre Ayton for just a fantastic game that he had in game two against the Clippers. Watch 2021. I mean, you knew the drop was going to have to come early for this guy. 20 points. Uh, or how, how many? 22. 22 points. Uh, or I don't even have the right statistics in front of me. Matt, <laughs> it Matt, was more than 22. It was 24, yeah. I believe. It was 22 on the jump hook and then 24 on the dunk. I don't know how many rebounds he had. Which that gotcha. jump, jump hook was a thing of beauty, too. Oh, like, it was. He pulled out everything tonight. And, and what was nice about tonight, and we've referenced this on a couple podcasts recently, is it'd be nice to see in that last five minutes for the Suns to utilize his services, essentially. I mean, they're using them, you're they're using him early and often throughout the game because it's a mismatch. And why not do it in in the crunch time? And yeah, 24 points, 14 rebounds, 12 of 15 shooting for DA. And he entered this game already shooting at 71.6% uh, in the postseason, and he just adds to that. And to see to, to see the excitement on his face was probably my favorite moment of the night. After he went in, he turned around and was just like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Like he wanted to hug somebody and go crazy, but there was so much, you know, hud- hullabaloo afterwards that once it was finally over, he could celebrate, but it was just like, you know, to see him, he had a uh, Jim Valvano running around the yes, court looking for somebody exactly to hug. Exactly what moment. I was thinking. It's exact. It was that exact like shock that he had in that moment, and to see him step up when we needed him to, to see campaign, to see Cam Johnson, to see all these guys step up when your, you know, superstar, the guy who went for forty points the last time he played, is walking around with a face like this, oh. just bloodied and battered. You know, shades of Steve Nash against the San Antonio Spurs all those years ago in the playoffs. 
I mean, this is, again, why it feels like this is a magical run for this team. All these little breaks, as much as the basketball gods and Scott fucking Foster are trying to push us, you know, and, and, and gift one to Paul George and, and to reward Patrick Beverly for flopping and, and pushing. And by the way, after all that hullabaloo was going on, Patrick Beverly was pushing Booker. There should have been a technical foul on top of that that, 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 that they missed. I can, I can literally write a book on all the missed calls tonight. But back on Aiden Watch. <laughs> so Thanks. back on Aiden Watch. Sorry, real sorry quick. about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, everyone go around and talk about Aiden. Uh, I just gotta say we're in we're entering dangerous mode now um, because it's dangerous for the rest of the league if this man starts to develop the confidence that seemingly looks like he's he's gaining minute by minute and game by game. And it's and I used to say at the beginning of the playoffs, I'm like, hey, they need to feed Da, get him some touches inside, like. You know, it, just to kind of keep them in the game offensively. It's almost a necessity now, especially without Chris Paul in the fold. Like, at the beginning of the game, I texted you guys. I'm like, would they stop effing around and get the ball to DA down low? Because they weren't scoring and they weren't finding their rhythm. They need to get DA the ball. DA was the best player on the court tonight outside of campaign. Uh, but DA did it on both ends of the floor. I, again... I'm a DA stand. We all know this. I've been on that guy's bandwagon since day one, and a lot of other guys were. And a lot of people right now are feeling very, very validated because of the <laughs> flack that this man has gotten for the last three years. And now he's coming. He's risen in the playoffs, and it, it, dude, it's just paying off big time right now. Yeah. How was that? How was that for an eight and dunk that everybody was asking? Amen. For? Oh, my God. There, yes. There's one for you. All right. A big one. Aggressiveness slams at home. And and that hook shot, man. That if he starts oh. doing that, along with Over. we saw the return of the MIDI. And I know a lot of people don't like when he shoots mid-ranges, but he was joining the the monsters of the mid-range with Book and and CP3. He was hitting that uh, tonight too. This guy crisp, crisp too. Nothing yeah, but that. Like, Just this. This guy could be taking that next big step and doing it in the Western Conference Finals, right? That that's trouble for whoever the next six or you know, okay, we know who two of the six wins have to come against, but whoever may be waiting in that in the finals, that could be big trouble for them as well. Yeah, fantastic game, and honestly, like Saul said last podcast when he came on after that thrilling win. I want to see more, feed him the ball more. And he could have probably took over the game a lot more times during this game where they just kind of ignored him a little bit. Payne kind of used him as a distraction, of course, to get his fantastic layups, the magician around the rim. But there's just certain times where it's like, you know, give DA the ball because he has proven, of course, from the mid-range. And what a perfect team to start shooting the mid-range and nailing it other than this team. He has been fantastic from there. And they were feeding him in the paint. And they just need to keep doing it, keep doing it because he is so efficient it is ridiculous how good he has been in the Western Conference Finals. A huge leap, like you said, in the Western Conference Finals, which it's like, you know, the earlier this season, it's like maybe it's another couple of years, but no, he's left that, and everyone's talking about him. It goes Booker, then Aiden. Sometimes it'll be Aiden. I'm sure after this game, everyone's going to be talking about Aiden after they talk about Booker's nose, but he's just, he's unstoppable against this team, and you know that they're going to keep feeding him, and that's just fantastic because you know the mismatch is always going to be there, so they just need to know, hey, it's going to be there all the time, so just keep feeding him the ball. So we're going to see a lot more of that, and I'm, I'm super excited for next game to see how he responds to this one. Yeah, look, it's time to pull the shoebox down, start going through it, and find all those receipts of all those people <laughs> that hated on DA. Yes, sir. Yes, it might sir. be about time to start Ooh. calling those in. Ooh. I'm already seeing that on Twitter. It's already all over the place. <laughs> well, and I was talking, you know, I was watching the game. My ne you know, nephew Hayden's in town from Kentucky. He was over. Matthew's, you know, literally across from me right now because he was over. And we were talking about the mid-range game that you mentioned, Saul, is so vital to the long-term growth of DA and his long-term success. Because you look at like Dwight Howard, who really dominated the league for about four or five seasons, and he only could do so on the interior. And you look at Rudy Gobert defensively, who could only do it on the interior. And the complete game that DeAndre Ayton has, his ability to shoot those mid-range shots, to defend the perimeter, to be flexible and switchable on, on defense, to set quality screens uh, that continually set up his team for success. You know, that's why this guy, you know, he's only 22, ladies and gentlemen. He's only I, I, 22. I got to say, to Espo's point about the jump hook, what made that jump hook so special is it that that really gave you sh shades of Hakeem Olajuwon. It was, it was controlled. 
It was, you know, it was in motion. It was a beautiful shot. Whereas, like, when you see guys like Dwight Howard try to throw that, it, it looks a little, you know, like, man, I hope it goes in. It's a little clunky. It might go in, but D.A. looks controlled. It looks like that's something he could do on a consistent basis if given the chance. And also to jam whatever. Uh, I've always been on the campaign bandwagon. Don't you dare. Yeah, you are. I think face. you're the president CEO. Thank of you the very campaign much. Bandwagon. But it is that jump hook by Aiden is it's art. It's touch, it's control, it's everything it should be. And to see him elevate over Zubac when he does it, it's just, it's everything it should be. And, you know, again, to Espo's point, if he's adding that to his tool bag here in the Western Conference Finals, like, league, be ready. Because if he's going to bring that out consistently moving forward, not just through these playoffs, but in his career, like, that's unguardable type of stuff. That's the the Hakeem. That's, you know, like the Hakeem dream shake and uh, the jump hook by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Those are elite shots that you just can't defend. And he decided in crunch time against the Clippers to just, you know what, I'm just going to use this shot that's in my tool bag right now. I just, you know, Aiden watch, uh, you know, it started as kind of a dude, this guy's so good, but there's so much opportunity. And it honestly has become on this show uh, an homage to how he's performed in this playoffs. And that, that looked instinctual. It did not look like something he thought through. It just looked like something that he knew he can do and just it happened. Right. And that's when it's pure. That's when, that's when it's it's something you know that could potentially be consistent because it was effortless, and and that's that's what made it such a thing of beauty. There is is that and all the factors you guys talk about. And it is just him taking his time with that. He's not frantic anymore at all with the ball in the post. Mm-hmm. He knows what he has there, and it's so weird watching it on replay. Just his little turnaround hook shot. Just his look on his face, the way he handles himself in there is just so weird and so different. It's just so much confidence in this guy right now. So when you look at adjustments coming into this game, a couple of, you know, the primary adjustment obviously was the addition of Patrick Beverly by Tyron Lue into the starting lineup and taking away uh, Terrence Mann, which made sense. Patrick Beverly is going to be more of a pest on defense. He's going to try to bait you, uh, which we definitely saw saw throughout this uh, this game. I think, you know, as, as we look towards those next adjustments, and we'll talk about Patrick Beverly real quick and just those adjustments that they need to do. Go, go, go ahead, Saul. You got something? Yeah. So uh, there, the line? there's sound <clears throat> from Monty talking to DA about what he has to do on the lap on the lob. Can I play it? Please. Go for it. Okay, execute it. DA. You, if he throws it, you gotta like try to dunk it, okay? And that's what he that's did, it? folks. <laughs> that's, that's it. it. That's it. You gotta, you try, gotta to dunk try to it. like dunk you gotta, it. Yo, you gotta, dude. You gotta dunk it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try to like dunk it. All right, Monty's hey. words of wisdom weren't fully there that time. Sometimes so. it's just as simple as that, dude. I mean, this is <laughs> this is basketball. Sometimes it is as simple as like, yo, dunk the ball. You know, I know that everyone on Twitter all year has been bashing you for not dunking it. Well, on this one, Duncan, you know what? He still didn't really dunk it. He just kind of placed it in to right where it needs. The finesse was perfect on that play. Don't you expect it to be a little bit more folksy, though, when uh, uh, when he does it? Don't you expect everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of that ball going through the net? Like, isn't there? <laughs> don't get don't get happy on the oop. Anything like that? Like, there, I expected something more folksy for Bonnie. Well, they're in the moment. You know, I mean, it's, oh, you know, God. It's, a, it's a little hot in that huddle. Like, hey, guys. Yeah. Well, and especially just everything that transpired leading up to that oh, was gosh. just, I mean, again, it was like 35 minutes. You know, I had this show scheduled to start 845. I had to like move it back and move it back again. <laughs> and I'm like, I kept having to move it back because, you know, again, the last uh, two minutes was like 20 minutes of real time. And it's just review after review. Scott Foster's just literally just walking around the court talking to people like he was, you know, hosting a cocktail party or something. It's like, listen, <laughs> you know, emphasis you, on the cocktail. On the yes. When they went fired up with that guy, when they went to the first replay, when um, Beverly knocked the ball out of, out of Booker's hands, you see Scott Foster over there with the headset, just like this. He gets the headset and he looks at him. And he's like, and he smiles, Jeez. and I'm like, "Oh, we're so after right there. How can you do that in that in that motion? Like, oh my gosh, I hate." Yeah, that. because you you know when he so when he tips it away, it should be the Suns' ball. But then on replay, Booker's pinky does touch it. But still, the basketball play is he's 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 basically getting the ball away from Booker. He's tips it away from Booker, so it should be out the Clippers in real time. It's just it's kind of sickening. So are we on Scott Foster right now, or could I go back to Patrick Beverly because right. that headbutt was on purpose? That headbutt. Absolutely, Patrick. 
he knows what he's purpose. he knows what he's doing. Nah, he, it was not he's been a league. Purpose. He has been a league so long. All right, this is what he does. He knows no, he's gonna put his but head he right didn't there. Headbutt him on purpose. I swear it is on purpose. I think Bruh, that's all. I'm and Booker, Booker, Booker handled himself perfectly. Booker Dude, just in slow motion. Two when he came back in the game, he handled himself perfectly against Patrick Beverly. Beverly was still trying to get underneath his skin, and Booker's like, "I'm not having it." And then he had the last laugh at the end, which I love. And I'm I know you're gonna argue with me. I'm just saying I know that's on purpose. I know Patrick shit, Beverly's game. <laughs> all right. <laughs> He'll look, tell us in slow years motion, it might look like it, but in, in real time, there's no way. And what person goes, I'm going to lead with my head in a Patrick non-football Beverly. game. To, to, no. Patrick no. Beverly, yes. But, okay. <laughs> He's let's, never let's, done it before. You're, you're giving them too much credit. You're giving them way too much credit. Let's, let's talk about this, though, right? You look at it, and this game was a microcosm of every damn thing that's ever happened to the Suns in the playoffs. Devin Booker bleeding, a ref trying to screw us on multiple occasions without taking us to dinner. Uh, then you look at it, and you know you've got the just the whole weirdness at the end of a game where you know it, it looks like oh it, it's not going to go our way. Then they put more time back on the clock at the very end, which there was not 0.7 seconds on that clock. Uh, when he dunked that, but they put enough time where the Clippers could have shot it. Like everything that, that the Suns have faced have gone through the things that always won against us uh, as, as a Valley, they didn't tonight. They tried to, the, the, everything was thrown at us. This is a different breed of Phoenix Suns. These guys know how to just weather this storm and go for it. It was it was beautiful what campaign was able to do. Uh, Cam Johnson comes in and hits big shot after big shot when they need him. Devin Booker, even though he's not hitting his shots, figures out how to get himself to the line, goes nine for nine. They did all the little things you need to do to get a win despite everything seemingly being against you throughout that game. I, I am I I think I'm cured of my pessimism when it comes to uh comes to this team and maybe that's uh, maybe that's a little scary but it's where I'm at it's too much I'm not I'll never be cured of pessimism <laughs> <laughs> there's too much history behind it you, you you know even if we hoist that Larry O'Brien trophy I'll I'll wake up the next morning thinking that this is July of 2020 we haven't been to the bubble yet like I'm still not <laughs> convinced I'm still I, just, I can't help it you know I mean uh We're- we're all variants and we're the, the yeah. time police are about to take care of us. Yeah. I just, I just don't know which timeline I'm on for those community <laughs> people uh, who, who love that show. You know, it's, am I on which timeline am I on? I don't know, but you know what? We're I'm not on the this darkest timeline. timeline anymore. No, th- no, we aren't anymore, which is fantastic. Uh, but again, you know, back, to, back to Patrick Beverly, I really think it was an astute uh, adjustment by Tyron Lou coming into this game. You know, he, it, it makes sense. You know, he's forcing Devin Booker to work. And he's doing his job. You know, he forced Booker had five turnovers in the first half alone. He ends the night with a total of uh, seven turnovers. And that's because of, you know, the double teams that were coming. But a lot of it was just the peskiness of Pat Bev. And we know that there's a history there. And we know that Devin Booker's pretty much dominated that history. But he still is somebody who's going to pester and get in your head. And that's the lever that he pulled tonight, uh, him being Ty uh, Lou, And you look at, you know, Marcus Morris, same thing, him and Jay Crowder, getting that tech right off at the beginning of the game. It's like, how dare Jay Crowder get pushed by Marcus Morris? And, you right. know, it's a double tech, tech from Scott Foster right there. Like, <laughs> tech, tech, you know, you guys don't touch each other. How dare you do it? But I think it was a really good adjustment for them. I think it's going to be, you know, if you're a Clippers fan and you look at these first two games, I think the biggest thing that you have to be worried about Outside of the fact that Chris Paul hasn't even stepped on the court yet for this team, and we're not even humming offensively. It is. But in both games, you outshot the Suns from from deep. They had 23 pointers made in the first game. They had 13 to the Suns' six in this game, and the Suns still beat them. If you're a Clippers fan, you got to walk away from this and be like, dude, I don't know how we can beat this team because this is the best three point shooting team in the league. And they were hitting big. I mean, tell me not in the fourth quarter. You're just like, fuck, are they going to miss one? And still, we persevered. I, I I hesitate to say that without Chris Paul. And the reason why is because the Clippers literally did this in the last two rounds. And against the Mavericks, the Mavericks looked far better than them in the first two games. Just manhandled them. And still, 
lost the series. So I, I'm not going to put it out of the Clippers' reach to come back in this series if the Suns don't get Chris Paul. However, Pat Bev can't do to, to Devin Booker what uh, – or I, I'm going to say he's not going to be able to do to Devin Booker if Chris Paul comes back because Chris Paul is the neutralizer. And so you got to guard one of them, Pat Bev, and if you want to take away Devin Booker, <laughs> Chris Paul's going to drop 37 on your head. And that's how it's going to go. So I, if if the reports are true and he is coming back on Thursday, man, it's hard to see this series going past five. Yeah, but you br- you bring up the Clippers having come back from two zero in in the last two series. They had Kawhi in those series though. This is not, not the last not the last two games against the Jazz though. They they had him for part of that series. You're right. It, they in they closed it out without him, but. This is a different team, and I think they even know know that. And I think this is the kind of knockout blow that that can wreck a team, right? And it could have gone either way tonight. It could have been the thing that screwed with the Suns' confidence all of a sudden. Uh, but that a team that's on their heels like L.A. is, that could act as a knockout blow, especially if you get CP3 back on Thursday and all of a sudden, that's another level that the Suns get, another boost that 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 they get. That I, I don't know, man. That that just feels like that feels like it could have been the thing that just tips that Clippers team over. I think with any series, um, the the opposing team being on the road for the first two games when they come back home, game three, yeah, as we saw with the Nuggets, game three typically is their best effort. Because they're at home, they get a little bit more energized. You know, they get to sleep in their own beds. Blah blah blah. I expect them to come out with their hair on fire on on Thursday. But because Chris Paul has missed the last two games and the last ten days, this Phoenix Suns team is going to be just as charged up to have him back in the fold. And I think that kind of neutralizes it. I would expect the Suns to take care of business in LA at least one of the two games for sure. Do you think though the Suns, of course, are better with Chris Paul on the floor, but? Kawhi Leonard, do you think, of course, the Clippers closed out last series without Kawhi Leonard. Do you think they're a better team without Kawhi? This this thing with like the two wings being superstars, I'm no. just saying, I know no. I know you're gonna say no, no but no. Well, no, two, he's an all NBA guy. Why would you why would he be? Why no, because just as a team in general, when you're trying to just pass the ball off from, from Paul George to do something, then it's Kawhi Leonard to do something. So th- I just feel like they're more of a team without Kawhi Leonard on the floor. Sure, but they're not the best team without Kawhi Leonard, and that's the okay. that's the point is to win a championship. You can't win a championship if you're the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. That's just how that is. Yeah, I know. I just I think they've been playing so well without him too. I'm not saying don't bring Kawhi back, but it's just I, like I'm not it's just like it's just, coming back as Chris Paul coming back for the Suns. Does it's that make just sense? like it's, it's just like us, right? Like we might be the Clippers without Chris Paul, but I don't know if we beat the Bucks without Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, some, Suns are much better. With, we line. need we need Chris you know Paul. I mean? I'm just saying I don't think the Clippers need Kawhi just like the Suns need Chris Paul to finish the series off. Okay, so if if the Clippers are better without Kawhi, then I'm really not scared of him at this point because even if he comes back, then done deal. I just I I I don't I don't think that's the case. Kawhi seen, Leonard yeah. is a difference maker. Kawhi Leonard is a guy we've seen single handedly take over a playoffs and will a team do a championship. So, so anytime you can have him on the court. Yeah. Yeah. Also shout out to pandemic P for showing up in the last two free throws of the game. I love you. There he is. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that guy to show up. Ball don't lie, baby. That was, (laughs) was, uh, that was the basketball gods going, Scott Foster can try all he wants, but this game's in our hands. So that's going to, that's going to be my next topic was, uh, you know, pandemic, playoff push off p uh but you know real quick i i, I want to finish my last point about the adjustments going into game three they can't shoot three or they, they shoot a lot of threes one thing i noticed tonight uh and kudos to campaign i'm, I'm going to start with some negative i'm going to go into the positive when it comes to campaign but with campaign on the court against the starters he was a, he was very late a lot of times on his rotations and it led to a lot of wide open threes that kept this team kind of hanging around uh, but again, offensively, he was unbelievably fantastic. He led all scores with a total of 29 points tonight. 29 points for campaign. Okay, it was on 24 shots, but I don't give a shit. 20, 29 points, nine assists. Uh, that that quick little hesitation move that he's had all season. I don't know how it still freezes big guys, but they stop for just a split second, and that's he's by you. He's like the Brazilian blur he used to be. He goes right by you uh, and and lays it in. And you know, I just wanted to give a shout out to him. 
and and everything that he's doing in this series, stepping up with CP3's absence. Uh, Blaze Megatron, one of our elite jamsters and our flaming ballers. Uh, thank you for donating five dollars in the super chat. He has a question. He says, "If CP3 is back next game, can we possibly be getting the brooms ready again?" What do you gentlemen think? Maybe. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to happen with Denver. I thought that was going to go five games. I, you know, I feel like that's the best case scenario likely here as well. And that's really all you need to do is go to LA, get one of those games. You come back with, uh, with game five and game seven, uh, as, as games at home that you can close it out without having to win another game in LA. So that's, that's worst case scenario. Like uh, in your mind is win one in LA. Like that's, that's what you want to do. You know? Yeah. I, I think it's possible. Uh, I will say that uh, I, I would want to wait to see how Chris Paul performs in, in the first game, uh, see if there's any rust. I think if there's any game that the Clippers are going to win, it would be game three. Uh, but uh, if they don't win game three, yes, I think they'll sweep them. Um, also, Valley Oop, Valley Oop is trending on Twitter. So you go. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> nice little Espoism. Jeez. I'll get I'll get no credit for it, but that's all right. The people the people make it what it is. So, by the way, wrong they had tag team at halftime on the wrong day because campaign was all about the scoops tonight. It was scoops. There it is for campaign. <laughs> all those scoop shots when he got into the lane. Well, maybe it motivated him a little bit. Maybe going to this game, you know, you got to watch. That the was the game show. plan. <laughs> Um, but uh, just really quick on the sweep, um, I think if Chris Paul comes back, obviously he adds a lot more. We're talking about tonight with the perimeter defense, things like that, that they're kind of lacking and letting the Clippers hang with the Suns team. I just think if you add him in there, it's it could be a sweep. I mean, if Kawhi does come back, which I don't think he's going to, it's, it seems almost impossible right now. But Chris Paul coming back, it, it, there's for sure a chance it could be a sweep. Five Unless. of the most. Unless Scott Foster comes back in another Unless, couple games of series, I was I was saying Chris Paul needs to come down from the ceiling during this game with his two negative tests in his hand and just land on Scott Foster and just choke him out or something because you know he wants to do that back at home. Jesus, what is wrong with you, Lissy? You didn't think about that? Come down for the Raptors and choke him out with his two <laughs> negative tests. What yeah, is he's wrong like, with your head? I'm negative. I'm healthy, baby. I, I think he got headbutted by Pat Beverly. Uh, yeah, he's like, I'm not playing the game. I'm just here to hang out with the refs. <laughs> oh I, my gosh. I think the Suns should say they're starting campaign, let him play one play, take a timeout, and have Chris Paul run out the tunnel just to, to screw with the Clippers fans. Ultimate oh, my style. God, is Ultimate that Warrior, CP3's yes. music? <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out to smashing beers. You know? But, again, uh, going back to playoff P, you know, 26 points tonight from Paul George on 23 total shots taken, 10 for 23, 1 for 8 from downtown, and 5 for 10. From the free throw line, we we mentioned it briefly, 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 indeed. Those two missed free throws. How is how much is that going to haunt him? You know, it was he he pulled his best Ben Simmons act tonight. He was gifted those free throws on another bad call by the referees, and he bricked them both. Man, I wish I was in the arena just to cheer out, cheer those moments on. He yeah, shot him with yeah. the wrong hand. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> That's what Ben Simmons I'm does. I'm not going to say Paul George went full Ben Simmons. because He, he did. He missed it. two. Yeah, but he had a couple clutch shots down the stretch. You know, okay, he missed the two free throws. Yes, I understand that. But if this was Ben Simmons, he would have never shot the other shots down the stretch. True. So, he answered you know, Booker after Booker hit that did, you know, great you know, midi, and he came he, down to the same thing. He gave him the lead time after time after time, except for that last time when they were up by one and he couldn't cash in those two free throws. Again, Paul George has not had the greatest of series, but he's been good enough for them to win. I will say that the, the other players, they just don't have enough, you know, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson, I didn't say Frank, Reggie Jackson <laughs> didn't step up and he hasn't been playing like he was in the last series. Uh, and then uh, obviously man has ba barely made a, a drop in this series outside of defensively. So Again, th this is the Suns series to win. They should win. They are in full control. They're the better team by far. I expect them to take care of business soon. What do you think, Espo? Is Paul George uh, echoing a lot? Is Paul George, uh, you know, is, will this affect him mentally going into game three? Or does it not even matter? You know, because game three is, you know, again, two days away. He's going to be home. 
You know, the crowd's going to be behind him. The role players, you know, as Saul said, you know, when you go home and you get that home cooking and you sleep in your own bed, the number one uh, aspect that is helped is that the, the bench play. So knowing that Paul George has a little bit more support potentially, do you think that he just brushes this off? Because he's had to brush off a lot of bad moments in his career already, I guess. Yeah, he's Paul George. He knows how to suck in, in prime moments. This doesn't <laughs> impact anything. The uh, Dyson Award. The, the Dyson you know, Award. Yeah. He, I mean, he sucks yeah. the most. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's he's good at that. He knows how to do this. So he's just leaning into what he knows best, and that's okay. We accept that. Thank you, Paul George, for the gift. But I still think that was, like I said, more the basketball gods and the ball don't lie than, uh, than Paul George sucking. And he didn't pull a Giannis where it took him 14 seconds to shoot, and then he airballed it. So <laughs> there's that going for him, right? Yeah, and he's used to this too. I think the media is just used to it. If he does this over and over again, I don't think it's ever going to be a headline anymore. It's just what he does. But he's actually played really, really good. And they had a lot of good looks tonight from three, I thought, that just didn't go down for the Clippers. A lot of good looks around everywhere on the court. So, I mean, the help is there kind of in a way. They're trying their best until Kawhi comes back, even though I don't think they're a better team with them. I'm just joking. But uh, he honestly, I think that Paul George, he's just so used to this moment and either failing all the time, but then last series of pulling through. So whether or not he can do it again, we'll see. He does have to wake up. Mama's cooking, but you still got to play the Suns that night. Well, I think, uh, you know, another thing that I want to talk about is just Cameron Johnson. I felt felt like he was very vital in this game. And, you know, he matched the point total of one. The Sarge Smoke Break. It is so important in these home games to have guys come off the bench and produce. And, you know, I mean, we know that it's, it's cliche. We're just talking about how that's going to be something that's going to benefit the Clippers when they're home at Staples uh, Center here in a couple days. But both Dario Sarch and Cam Johnson had 11 points tonight, obviously both doing so in much different ways. Uh, Dario Sarch was actually kind of impressive tonight. You know, the first play, uh, I, I was like, they, they, there was an inbound or not an inbound, but a, a pass down to Dario down on the block. And it just, you know, goes out of bounds. And, you know, the first thing I wrote in my notes is just like, don't pass him the ball in the key. And then the next play campaign throws a sick pass to him. He dunks it. Uh, he looked much better against DeMarcus cousins tonight. That was a redeeming quality. And he was bullying Terrence Mann at will in the post to the point where Terrence Mann got called for a foul. So, you know, way to go Dario way to provide those, quality minutes and cam johnson as well who went five for five in getting his 11 points and was hitting some big shots and again just you know kind of just being a pest on defense our, our wing depth because at this point i'm just going to consider dario just like a very uncoordinated big <laughs> wing he is not a backup five but our wing depth is continually impressive and it's vital against a team that is full of wings in the clippers hey look uh it's time to Give Dario another uh, carton of unfiltered. We'll be sending that over to Phoenix Suns Arena on my behalf. He played well tonight. Every time, every time I'm like, pull the damn plug on this guy. Enough. <laughs> he has a game where he bounces back and he gives you enough to help you. And more power to him. Like I guess, like we go back to that's Dario. You just you don't know from game to game, minute <laughs> to minute, exactly what you're going to get out of him, and and that's okay. I you know because. He has helped throughout these these playoffs, and it comes up in moments. And tonight was one of those nights. So, so hats off to Dario. Well, we know that the Suns are going to sweep in four because Skip Bayless is all over uh, the refs for giving the ball back to the Suns despite the the ball going off of Da on that miss three. He says so. Um, with what? that. Yeah, get out of here with that garbage. Come on now, come on now. Come on now. We, because we Scott Foster didn't look at that hey, film hey, like hey, it's a Bruder hey, film. Hey, also, I, I know, I know, I know. Hey, well, I feel uh, like you're so, Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, skill, skill, skill. Um, How dare I, you so, report that news to us? So Dario, Dario was fantastic. Um, you know, in the minutes that he played, he was effective, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, that three that he hit, I felt like came at such a, a, a nice point in the game uh, just to kind of keep the flow going. There were so many times in this game where I felt like, man, they just need one more big bucket, and I feel like they're just going to blow this team out. And they could just not get that bucket for whatever reason. And you got to give the Clippers credit for that. The Clippers are a tough team. Like, I know we won these two games, but 
it could yeah. it should be one one. Like, let's be honest. Like, if we were on the other, if we were Clippers fans, we'd be like, why are we not tied in this series? This is BS. Um, you know, but hey, it is what it is. And the basketball gods shined on us today. We'll take the W. And as we move forward, if Chris Paul comes back, I think that's that's what's gonna put the Clippers over the top and and lose this series officially for good. Yeah, it's weird to play against some good competition in the Western Conference Finals for the Suns. You know, we're used to rolling through these teams, but I think Dario tonight, honestly, he played he played great. And I was just like John, I put in my notes, I put, hey, don't pass him the ball in the paint. All right, what's so funny? The weed is hard. legal here. So the, the Suns have been in the Western Conference Finals a lot, and every single time they've gone up against a tough, <laughs> tough team. Matthew's <laughs> being facetious, Saul. So you got to pick. You got to pick up on his sarcasm. You're not good at it. No, You're not good I at it. Because he's just because Matt, Matthew's not good at it. The, the delivery <laughs> makes you feel like is he convinced of this or is he <laughs> not? I don't know. I'm just talking about. I'm talking about this year. That's it. Just this year. Hey, not until Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just this playoffs. All right. You, you guys, I'm sorry. All right, we'll we'll have. I'll teach you some lessons after uh, how to res- respect me. So, Sarich, though. So yeah, just like John. I thought you were gonna. Tell, I, thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna yell at me and say you wish Magic Johnson would come through my door with no, some no. HIV needles no. or something like that. <laughs> Hashtag Saul don't That's, lie. Is that taking it too far though? All right. You just said two negative tests with Chris Paul sky right. from the rafters. So you I know just put two and two together. Sarge, great Jesus. game. Nice ass. That's that's my Sarge take. <laughs> what? I, I love the Suns. I love this team. This podcast could be whatever bullshit everyone will be watching. <laughs> and I love you. And you're getting us you there, Lissy. You make this podcast. <laughs> So fun, I promise you. That's why it's the jam session, man. We're just sitting around jamming. You know, you can't do it without Matthew. It's a, yeah, uh, I don't know where to go after that. Um, Let's see if I have any other notes we can hit real quick. Uh, Just points in the paint. We absolutely fucking dominated, but that makes sense because DeAndre Ayton was a man dude. Um, We ended up getting 60 to 30 points in the paints. Points in the paints. Unreal. Free throw percentage, we got them. Uh, assist 24 on 41 made attempts to their 18 on 36 uh, steals blocks. I mean, it was just, it was, you know, again, kind of to Saul's point, this, this team's good. And I, I you got to remember this Suns fans. We're on the, such a high, this is nine in a row in the playoffs. This is the, the best timeline is what we're on right now. But you, I was fully prepared to come in here today. If there was a Suns loss and be like, listen, like this is a reminder, like this, this is the Western conference final. This is a good team. We're going against a quality team, a team that's made it, down 0-2 twice. They're very, very good. So they will get a game in here. I, I don't think it's a sweep. I don't think it's a Suns and four. I said Suns and six on the front end, thinking that we would lose one of the first two. And I'm glad that I was wrong. And I'm hoping it's Suns and five. And hell, Suns and four would be even better. Uh, we'll have another week and a half off because the West or the Eastern <laughs> Conference finals don't even start till tomorrow. We're already two games deep. You know, but I think that if you're the Clippers, this is the the time of the series. Like you said, they're going to come out swinging in three. If they don't win three, it's over, man. Like they are out of gas. They had to come down from 02 twice. Think back to those Steve Nash years when we'd have to go seven games against the, Cl- the Clippers, seven games against the Lakers. And then we have to play the Spurs, who had nice, easy series. And we were just gassed. Couple that, obviously, with the fact that D'Antonio liked to only play like seven guys. And, you know, there was a reason for us being gassed. But, you know, we definitely have this team on the ropes now. And as we go towards game three, are there any adjustments outside of the biggest one being if CP3 is healthy and running through that tunnel with his two negative tests, you know, looking to body slam Scott Foster somehow? Is that the biggest adjustment that we're going to have? And what adjustments does this Clippers team still have up its sleeve in an effort to be successful? Because they've done I, it already twice. I think what the Clippers have done in the first two games is they've thrown their best matchups and their best punch. I think tonight was their best punch. I actually like the fact that they switched up their lineup tonight. I thought putting Bev on Booker was clearly effective. He only had what 18 tonight, um, and he was thrown off, uh, obviously, in, in the game, even from the jump, like headbutt or not. He was still like two for nine at one point and, and kind of struggling to get his shot. Um, and we went to ISO Booker a little too much for my flavor. Um, I wanted to see a little bit more ball movement. I think if CP3 doesn't play in game three, that's the number one thing you're going to see is a little bit more flow offensively because um, the rhythm of the game was just kind of thrown off, not only by the refs' calls, but also the Suns kind of stalling themselves out 
and not moving the ball as crisp as we've seen them in the past. And Devin Booker kind of going that one four ISO again at the top, trying to get a shot. And he he threw up some some kind of uh, crazy shots tonight that I was like, mm, nah. and he had those uncharacteristic or those those turnovers, those ill advised turnovers, um, just throwing the ball across the court out of bounds or you know uh, that he hasn't been doing of late. And so I think that's the major adjustment is just the flow offensively, getting the ball moving, um, getting everybody to touch the ball before we get a good shot up. Biggest adjustment for the Suns is what color mask is Book wearing because I think that'll be the biggest visible change. They got to play the kind of game that they did tonight. Uh, those threes will start falling. Booker will hit more than five of his shots. Uh, I think they played the kind of game uh, that they that they wanted to play. And to Saul's point, I think the Clippers gave their best shot tonight. I don't know that they have another gear. I don't know that there's some magic thing that the rabbit they can pull out of their hat right they they changed from small ball to try to play big they still got wiped in in the paint uh, despite that uh they put pat beverly on booker uh, and and made it a, a a slug fest and and made things basically you know dirty in this game it, it just got it got nasty and the sun still took that literal and figurative punch uh, and won this game so i don't know what what outside of a surprise return for Kawhi Leonard that the Clippers can do to make an alter anything going into game three. Yeah. This loss by them, it, it might be too demoralizing to come back. Um, energy wise. I don't know if they have it. I mean, these games are just one day off in between. That's tough for that team. I think it, it was two days. That's the rest. I think they would need to really get back into the series, but coming off this loss is going to be tough. And honestly, the only adjustment really for the Suns. It's just maybe feed DA more. I mean, he's had a great game tonight, but in my notes, my tiny notes, I wrote just 40 points for DA tonight, right? It has to happen. And it didn't. And of course, we got the win. He played great, but he can have a 40 point game in the series. And it might need to happen to get a win against his Clips team in the next two games. Yeah. The biggest adjustment that I see is simply the fact that I need to mute Matthew. There we go. The biggest adjustment I see is you're going to have to try to just stop the momentum of that second team and avoid them from just getting hot from downtown. And if CP three is back, that's big because you can again have quality rotations on your defense. The switchability on this team is, is, is superb. The Clippers are realizing that now they're getting plenty of open shots and they're not necessarily hitting them all. And I just think that, you know, it might've been a little too much tonight was uh, just a fantastic win. You know, if you're a Suns fan, how can you not, Wipe the sweat off of your brow, take a deep breath, and just go, whoo, we got one. Because I didn't think we were going to get that. Uh, you know, since this moment that I'm bringing up here, uh, since uh, Aiden, uh, Andre Drummond and, and LeBron James were doing the back down, you know, dunking and trying to clown around and acting like a bunch of idiots, uh, Devin Booker took that personally, and the team is now 9-0. and And now Devin Booker has a jacked up nose. I mean, that thing is going to be puffy. I mean, he he looked like uh, he had gone a few rounds with Drago in that. I mean, he was just he had the cotton balls all stuffed up there. He's you know looked Steve Nash esque. Uh, you know, he didn't have obviously his best game tonight. But if CP 3s back, you know, I agree with you, Saul. I think that that's going to take a lot of pressure off of him, and he's going to really have an opportunity to cook. And remember, he's going back to the house that Kobe built. He's going to go back to L.A., which is where his girlfriend lives too. Maybe she, you know she can. Uh, I don't know what you do to a nose. Like, put some ice on it. Like, don't yeah. touch it. <laughs> Just yeah, don't, don't touch it. Leave it alone. Yeah. You, you know yeah. that scene in, in Endgame where where uh, it's it's Thanos and it's the what did it cost you? Everything. Everything. And I think that's I think that's Devin Booker tonight because no longer is he going to be that really attractive man with that uh, broken schnoz. So he gave up. He gave the up Card everything. The Kardashians have the run. best surgeons in the world. They'll he doesn't have Chloe, surgery. Chloe so. doesn't look that great. Chloe's oh, still yeah. trying to perfect it, and it's taken her a while. So, so hopefully, Booker has got good. That route. Kendall, Kendall knows all the peeps. So, I got so all the, yeah. He does not have time for plastic surgery. This is going to be ugly until the finals are over, and he sacrificed that so all of us could could enjoy what's going on. So, salute <laughs> to you, Mister Devin Armani Booker. You. Uh, you laid it all on the line, and we appreciate that. Oh, ye with such a broken nose. Jam star of the game. 
This is a reminder to everyone who is watching, make sure you subscribe, hit that thumbs up button while you're here. And if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and we will read it right here on the pod. If you are watching along live, please let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I'm going to start with you uh, because I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. No, it's not. Just straight up DA. He's my jam star of the game, for sure. Game-winning shot. Simple. All right, Espo, who do you thinking? Paul George. Oh, I knew, I knew somebody was going to go there. Look, you got Paul George made the DA play possible, and, uh, you know, more power to him. Uh, you can count on that man to choke when it's important, and the Suns were the beneficiary of it, and, and we'll take it because uh, we, we've seen that happen uh, to us on multiple occasions. It's nice to be on the winning side of it, so... So thank you, Paul George. What are you thinking, Saul? Um, I could go DA and campaign. I think those two are the easy ones. I'm not going to go negative side like negative Nancy over here with Espo. Um, So I'm going to actually give it to Cam Johnson. Uh, Cam Johnson, I thought, played very solid tonight. I think he hit all of his shots. I think he was five for five from the field or something like that. That's Um, correct. Hit some key threes and uh, just kind of kept the ball moving and, and the scoring going and um, I said that before the series, I thought he was going to have a good series. Um, so far, he has. Uh, I think he's played very well. And uh, so I'm going to give it to my man, Cam. Cam. Whoa, Cam. Cam. Oh, Cam. <laughs> I, uh, th- these are all great. You know, we're getting a lot of love for uh, Scott Foster in the chat. <laughs> a lot of people think Scott Foster, no, despite everything he tried to do tonight, he still couldn't come out. You know, he, he was Thanos tonight. Ultimately, we went back in time and exercised a lot of demons, and you know he, he's no longer. We chopped his head off, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Matt. What Matthew said, you know, DeAndre. What we saw tonight that is a highlight that will live in Suns lore and history. Like we have the intro to the Suns Jam Session podcast where we've got all the famous dunks and all that. Like that will live forever. And again, the look on his face of pure, unadulterated joy after he made that shot is something that it's always drawn me to DAs. You know, he's not somebody who is overly aggressive and wants to yell and get in your face. He's a, he's somebody who enjoys playing the game of basketball. And tonight in that moment, you saw it, you know, whereas you have Devin Booker, who is the pure and, and, and consummate professional and assassin. The thing that makes him different from so many other guys in the NBA is the look on his face, because he just wants to fucking rip your heart out and you can see it. You can feel it when he, you know, he looks at you. DAs just the jovial, I just enjoy playing basketball and he's coming into his own. And that is, you know, he had his signature highlight moment of the playoffs so far tonight. So for that reason, he's my jam star of the game. A, a, Aiden's dunk at the end of the game overshadowed two other dunks that were phenomenal. Yes. yes. The one where, he got, where he got yes. fouled by Zubak. Oh my gosh. Well, also props to Jay Crowder for making, as you said earlier, so the perfect pass on that yeah. play too. I mean, Twice. he threaded the needle. Well, yeah, he on did. the other dunk too. The other dunk too. It was it was Jay. Yeah, Jay Jay came through with with big passes on a night that the shots weren't necessarily there. As shit falls off my wall. What's <laughs> <is> there a <laughs> ghost? Do you have a ghost in your closet? <laughs> I think that doll's head turned too before that happened. Ghost of Christmas past coming through, wanting their money. Hey, I am glad we got that on Scott video. Scott Foster we will have is to... not happy with us. <laughs> we, we are going to have to go back and watch to see exactly what happened there in slow mo. We almost knocked over your uh, your Joe Klein jersey there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's my Dragon Bender autographed card. All right. Enough have you guys now. ever seen Grandma's Boy? Yes. 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 I feel like that doll behind you is kind of like. <laughs> yeah. Take it to the bathroom. <laughs> Oh God! They I'm not going to say it. Would I'm not like going to quote any part of that scene at all. No, no, no. <laughs> we we try to keep this rated R. <laughs> well, I think on we'll that note, is there, it, is there anything else you gentlemen want to talk about before we get out of here this evening? Uh, I I want to say, um, Monty uh, deserves a lot of credit for this. Uh, you know. Obviously, it wasn't the greatest speech. Da, catch the ball and dunk it. But uh, you know, it, it, a lot of credit needs to go to him because of uh, you know the adjustments. And this is probably the the game that featured the most adjustments uh, from timeout to timeout, um, and really just keeping cool in the last two minutes after all these timeouts and all these challenges and all these reviews. Oh my goodness, it was 
it was brutal and you could lose focus really easily and just kind of give up. And I think Monty did a great job of kind of keeping everybody together. So I, uh, by the way, I think that was whatever just happened behind me was payback for the exercise, <laughs> the demons line at the beginning of the show. So, the, con so, the conjuring is literally in it, your house right now. It, it all comes full circle. <laughs> Um, okay, I'll just finish it off. This this um, this team just doesn't cease to amaze me. There's so many moments now where we can just have forever all every playoff series that they played in so far. There's just amounts of moments, the sweep in the second round, which is just so difficult for any team to do, no matter who they're playing against. Um, coming out 2-0 against the Clippers, winning this type of game, it's just unbelievable, and it's crazy to think that there's even more basketball to be played. So there's going to be even more amazing moments by these players who are just living up to expectations. I don't even know if they really have any expectations, really. I mean, we, we interviewed Sabrina from the Clippers, and she was talking about how if the Clippers lose this, it's not it's not a loss for them, really. It's, it's a season that is progression for them, that they actually progress in the right way. And same thing can be said for the Suns, but our goals now have just moved up to so much more towards the championship. And they are living up to that. And it's just crazy to see these young guys do it. As the season goes on, adjustments have to change. Your expect expectations have to change and they have to adjust. And in a normal year, I would say, yeah, sure. The Clippers, you know, if they had to run into a fully stacked Lakers team with all their bells and whistles and and us and all, the, like, okay, I get it. If they get bounced in the Western Conference Finals, there's no shame in that. But this particular year, with everything that you see in front of you and what the Suns are on paper, according to the rest of the country, like there is no excuse. You got to get by the Suns. And so I don't buy that at all. It'll be a big blemish. I don't care what happens outside of the Kawhi. The Kawhi injury gives them a little bit of an excuse. But at the same time, the Suns just beat you without Kawhi or without Chris Paul. And what's the excuse for that? So, suck yes. Well, and look, in, in the end, it comes down to the Suns did what they were expected to. They kept home court. Now they got to go take one on the road, which has been what they've been one of the best teams in the league at doing all year, right? They say that that a playoff series doesn't start till the road team wins a game. Suns need to go out in game three and do what they did in Denver and, and put their foot on on the Clippers' proverbial throat, right? Just end it. Don't play with a team. Don't give a team who uh, who's come back from 2-0 uh, twice in this playoffs any light. Don't give them that hope because then that can give them a little bit more belief in themselves just simply because they've done it twice before. Remove all doubt and make it very clear to them that, that you're dominating this series and do it in game three. Yep. I just we're at we just beat this team twice in the Western Conference Finals without Chris Paul. Like this is an I, I'm every time I get on here and you know it, it's so fun doing these pods with you guys and we're missing Dave tonight and you know I, I think that the the thought that would have went through Dave's head when DeAndre Ayton put that ball into the hoop was something like this fuck because <laughs> that's how that's how we all felt tonight like everything that's happening is like fuck like this is. This is real. And, you know, you see it. 538 has the Suns as the most favored team to win the NBA finals. And I'm walking around Phoenix. I went to Wingstop tonight and I walk in, you know, I'm wearing all my Suns gear. And they're like, wow, you're decked out for the game. They're like, who do they play? And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> you know, and then somebody in the back, one of the cooks is like the Clippers, you know, and it's just like, you know, the, the, the vibe that's going on, everything that's occurring. Again, all these moments that are that are happening for this team. Are, are unbelievably memorable. So soak it up, Suns fans. We got a big game three here on Thursday. We'll be live again right after that. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this team wins that game. I really wouldn't. If they lose, I won't be surprised either. But know that we have the upper hand to Espo's point. It's time to take those Jordans and just shove it on their throat and and put this team out like, a, like Dario Sarge puts out a cigarette. That's what our goal should be moving forward. So... On that, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get out of here. We thank you if you decided to join us live, whether it's on the Suns Jam Session podcast or the Solar Panel podcast. Uh, shout out to Espo today. You killed it today, my friend, on Arizona Sports. You were on there for like an hour. Thank Was you. it a full yeah. hour? The full hour. Yeah, I got a full hour on their Suns Roundtable with uh, Burns and Gambo. It was a, a lot of fun. So, and uh, sung the praises of, of what we're doing here. So, gentlemen, I, I appreciate 
uh, appreciate it because if I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity. So thank you, boys. <laughs> it was a fantastic show. Looking forward. They need to have you back because you're good luck. We need you before game three. <laughs> uh, you know, Matthew, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Uh, just go home and love your family. All right. Is well, that what you wanted? That was really enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to hold back the tears from this moment we're having because I can just imagine when the Suns actually win it and we're on here. How it's just going to be just one dude, of those moments I want to catch. Dude, dude, hey, one, one day at a time. We're baby. all going to cry together. One day at a time. Okay. Dude, I just, dude, it, trust me, there's going to be a lot of ugly crying if, if they do that. <laughs> I promise you yeah. that. Lizzie's going to come down from the rafters naked. And champagne like everywhere. Like Not everywhere. Naked. I'll have something. We're, we're doing it in person if they, if, so we can have fun and not be in, in separate rooms with crap falling yeah, off the wall. Yeah. By the way, I hope they do it more emphatically than Dario puts out cigarettes because I imagine that Dario puts them out very gently so he can smoke them again. He seems like a, uh, he's a refi guy. guy. Yes, exactly. He's a refi guy. <laughs> yeah, no, put them out like Olivia Newton John does in Greece, you know, throw it down, do it sexy. Why not? You're in LA, make it happen. So, reminder, everybody. Physical. Let's yeah. Let's oh my get god, physical. I've never watched Greece. Oh, you've never you've never watched Greece Saw. No, bro. Didn't you have like no. a, a a movie podcast? I did. It was I'm a sports sad. movie podcast. Still, sports movie. We I'm, need there's to bring sports that in back. there. There's sports in there. There's the guy who runs and he trips over his own helmet. I could okay. We'll we'll talk off air. Uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, please. Rem, uh, this is a reminder to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're watching, listening, or or. I don't know what else can you do. Feeling this podcast, Fact, uh, faxing it, whatever, faxing it uh, on the eight track. So uh, on that note, we're out of here. We'll see you live after the game on Thursday. Go Suns, baby! Ahoy, ahoy! <laughs> <laughs>